Hello, hello, and thrice hi. Welcome to episode 14 of the Women's Health Podcast, Anyone for Coffee, funded by the Pulse Award from those glorious folks at the Britpod Awards and the Wellcome Trust. Thank you so much for enabling this to happen. And today is the second of three episodes on living with eczema. The mental health issues we go through, the self-worth and confidence struggles, the sleepless nights and crazy itch-scratch cycles, and the darkest of times in constant pain but having to just get on with it. Now, I want to start dark because, believe it or not, as the largest organ of your body, some people do feel suicidal due to the perpetual lows of living with eczema at its worst because things don't seem to get better. And, well, I wanted to start by saying that you need to recognise that you are amazing and you are worth getting help for. Believe me, you are a very, very precious person to this crazy world. So if you are suffering particularly badly today, will you will you make me a promise that you will at least reach out to your local GP or a friend or check out some of the links to websites and apps and phone numbers on the Quirky Voices website and tell them or someone that you need help. Or if you've got a pal who you haven't seen for a while and keeps putting you off, maybe they're not in a good place and it'd be nice to hear your voice. So give them a ring or send them a message or send them some chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, just check on each other. Because right now, we need it. That sense of real community and friendship and family, right? Because these weeks are long. (laughs) These weeks are long. So, it's the most important thing to do today to get you help if you feel you need it. Please do. And eat and drink and laugh and love and connect and sleep where you can. And yeah, just find that chocolate stash you forgot you had. Do you do that? I leave chocolate around and just sort of accidentally find it. See, my life is so exciting. But um, that aside, from these chocolate highs, each day is hard sometimes. It's like a painful mud sucking you under. And I know because I've been there. And as you can tell from the audio fiction through the eyes of Charlie, I was on a quest to find this mythical partner who would somehow make things better, who would love me for me. And, well, I had quite a bunch of amazing Jills in my childhood, my tween, teen and twenties pals, who, well, they helped me get through some crazy. So thanks, Jenny and Hannah and Irena and Caroline and Esther and Nikki and Helena and all of you and whoever else I haven't mentioned. And I did meet someone who, who cares and seems to love me, someone who makes me feel safe and amazing and is one of the funniest people I know and we're so different we truly are but I do feel so much love for this man um anyway sorry about that Uh, (laughs) let's see what happens when Gabby and Rachel turn up at Charlie's when she's in no mood to socialize no no but first let's rejoin Charlie and Jill on the bench in the park about to eat cake mmm cake and I'm going to get myself some cake too and have a little listen. Enjoy! Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I bought the biscuit. Uh, oh, they're a bit uh, melted from my pocket. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> nice. We sat in quiet, munching broken biscuits. 
and lemon drizzle cake for a while. She made the best lemon drizzle cake. Still does. She's a real person. Go check out that new place in South Moulton, Devon. She's amazing. I just... I just felt like crying and scratching. I was trying to keep my mind off the painfulness of some of the raw sights. I'd scratched some more. I, I daydreamed of ripping all my clothes off out in the elements, the middle of the heath, and, and ripping off all of my skin at once and just watching it kite away with the Hampstead Heath winds. And I, I watched couples and families and I just thought, I want that. And I felt lost. And then Jill came out with. You will, you know. You will find someone to, what you say, hoover the bed with and go away with. And you'd drink anyone under the table. Oi, oi. Someone might just get drunk enough to fall in love with you. You'll see. Oh, hooray to drunken future lovers. Snap out of it, Charlie. Head up, face the world. Come on. Come on, look up. Look out, not in. Bloody lovely you are. But, you know, you don't need anyone to validate you or complete you or shag you. Actually, you do need that. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about being. Being the best possible version of you inside and out. And you are. I'll bet you'll have a bloody great time with whoever bloody loves you. Someone in more ways than one. Bloody by name, bloody by nature. Seriously, shut up. You'll meet him when you least expect it. You will. Come on, dickhead. You are. You will. Yeah, right. Snap out of it, Charlie. Shall we, uh, silly walk to the pub? After you, dickhead. You always walk silly. It's hereditary. You should see my mum. (laughs) She ran off and I love her. Not like that, but like this. Her belief in my search for a soulmate that it could happen. And I play that day back a lot in my head. And... If you have this condition in your player years, this flaring, unpredictable bastard, I do hope to goodness there's a Jill in your world, or a few of them, just to stop you talking yourself stupid. Hurry up! Come on! It's your round. You will. You will. You mean something. You will. You will. I did. He's bloody amazing and cuddly and he gets the beers in and has twinkling eyes and he's hilarious. <laughs> and we have adventures and we even made a, a couple of glorious, amazing, beautiful, fun-loving, just amazing kids completely from real, actual, true love. Who can say that these days? Neither of which have the issues I have. 
and goodness and well he uh he hoovered the bed for me and held my hand at night and stroked my soreness and whispered words of love and solace and I loved the very bones of him. So, uh, if you have got this, this eczema bastard, I, I do believe, I do, that there's, there's hope for you all to find someone truly. I don't ever give up hope. Do find good friends. See, I've had eczema to varying degrees since I was three days old, and <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you, but that was like over 45 years ago but I'm 22 inside right I'm staying that way I hope see eczema it isn't just part of me and my everyday it's it's my now my right this minute it keeps me present and somewhere always even now even now and now and tomorrow, and next Thursday, and a week next Christmas, and on my deathbed, I'm sure, I am constantly in noticeable gentle pain, and often covered in cuts of varying depths and lengths and locations hidden under clothes and out of sight, or sometimes in plain view. And I'm often covered in teeny tiny little tiny cuts, deep bevels or lesion-like scars or, or things that look like chicken pox spots. The red patch, scaly white tip patches of sore and hot and burning and scratches and, oh, don't get me started about cracking up. And parts of me are purple and red and blue and kind of yellow and scaly rough and... Right now, when it's bad, like right now, I am... Low, 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 low. I'm meant to be at Gabby's house for coffee, but today, just can't, I can't, I don't want, I can't function. The kids went to school, told you that, right? Neighbour took them, I love my neighbours, I saw them off, shouted out the window, and, um, off they went, and I got back into bed, to here, to now, somehow, to this, and oh, I have never been in so much pain. My face is bright red, my body feels hot, but cold is covered in scars, and I'm wet, but I'm dry. A few parts of me are spasming, I, I feel... I feel like I should be drinking more water, but the tap seems so far away, and I'm looking out of my eyes, but from far away. I'm so lethargic. Inside. <laughs> I'm frenetic. I'm trying to stop talking to myself. I'm chasing itch after itch. I'm trying to find some cool, but I'm sore, and I'm sad, and... Oh, I don't want to answer. I'll leave it ringing, then, yeah, pick up the voice message. I'll bet anything is Gabby and Rachel in the car. 
worst case scenario they're coming to get me and he cannot say no to a determined Gabby. Not even a hardened marine could survive that ordeal. a particularly bad week of it everything seems like you're in a fog cloud one that smells of i don't know like hamster cage of musky decay of hot of needing to bathe oh, i love my bath it hurts to do anything you're continually pulling bits of clothes out of open cuts or detaching yourself from socks or PJs, duvets or sheets. The, the bath is a lure, but then the thought of the rigmarole of the aftermath, the patting dry, the five different creams, the dry bits you forgot to cream again, seizing up. Uh, what clothes to wear? Nothing feels comfortable but lying naked on a towel on the bed. Uh, questions squeal around your mind like racing cars is my scalp cracking up again soreness of washing hair i need more cream i'm dry there this bit feels tight the tightness of your you your shell keeping you in and trapped leave me alone please i just want to hide driving to get her again? I don't know. She was being a bit cagey on the phone yesterday. A bit, I don't know, funny? Funny ha-ha? No, said something about feeling a bit out of it, but it's it's her turn to bring the biscuit, so she isn't getting out of that one. Her face looked a bit sore last time I saw her. Yeah. Did you see her legs poking out of those two short trousers? But she got the wrong ones from M&S. The sizing is annoying. I thought she had chicken pox or something. Yeah, and what is it with the sunglasses all the time? What do you mean? Well, she wears them and it's not even sunny. Oh, no, I asked her about that once. Said she had sensitive eyes. Kept weeping or something in harsh light. Glare, I think, I don't know. Makes them get eye bogies, she said. Sounds, ugh. I don't know, um, my theory is she's probably just hung over all the time. <laughs> she's got the biggest sunglasses I've ever seen. Fuck, you know the fashion race. Sacrilege. Right, Gok. I'm actually a bit worried about her, to be honest. She hasn't been out to any of the big birthday parties this year, like Vic's engagement do, Mum's 70th, your 30th. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot she didn't come out for mine. 
I didn't know she hadn't been out with your lot either. Yeah. Year six mums do, not there. She stopped helping with the PTA. She's pretty much always late picking up. Had to get both kids a few times. Thought she was just being a lazy cow. Whenever I call her, she seems to be at work or in the bath. Yeah? Yeah, honestly. Any time of day. Maybe once she was even at work in the bath. No. Yep. And she calls me from the bath too. Weird. Here we are. So, they rocked up. As they ding-donged. I got out of bed and into the bath and stayed there to run it. My logic was I couldn't go anywhere if I was in the bath, right? It was a panic bath. I was shivering, but hot, but cold, but sore, but no, but way on, but going out, not in this bloody mess, no, 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 no. Right, here we are. Mind the path as we go up, it's a bit slippy. The moss has fallen off the roof. It broke my neck last time I was here. Is that when I was here? You were very, very drunk then though. Well, maybe I was. Oh look, bathroom looks steamy. Oi! Are you in the bath? Windows open, look. Did that light just go off? Charlie! Come on! Anyone for coffee? She's definitely in. Oi! about you. I'm just here for the biscuits. No. Look, that window is still open. Shall I ask the neighbour if they've got a ladder? Nope. Better idea. Look, <laughs> builders. Excuse me. Excuse Hello. Hello, ladies. Why don't we get fit builders down our road? Ignore her. Uh, hi, yeah. All right. Okay, he's up here, Kiki. Can we just borrow your Yeah. 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 Mini emergency. No, we're a bit worried about the frame. She's not answering, and we know she's in there. Um, so, no, 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 you ready? Uh, yep. Walk it up, that's right, okay. <sighs> Are you going up or am I? <sighs> the water's soothing. I put cream on my eyelids and shave my sore legs and uh, other places of interest for reasons I don't really understand. Because, uh, well, maybe it's the razors causing some of the problem. When will I ever learn? The cuts stain the red, raw is red sorum. Maybe I even take the tops off some of the headless spots. But there is relief in the water. I immerse myself entirely and feel the welts in my hair. Sheesh, great. No haircut for a bit then. Too embarrassed for that, dang it. 
looking down at my body, I remember back to being pregnant and taut and skinnier and less liney. Now I have fat rolls, not caused by pregnancy, but caused by, well, actually maybe caused by old pregnancy, but not being pregnant now, I'm just fat. Kirby? No. But oh, I do love this body, whilst I hate it. And oh, at least I have one, right? It generally functions. At least I'm alive. Maybe having eczema is life's way of continually reminding me I am lucky enough to be alive, to feel, to be. Though, hey universe, there are less painful ways, yeah? Oh, there are indeed many less painful ways and oh, I do want to just shout out to folks who live with all sorts of other continually painful conditions, far worse than eczema, to those who don't have anything like a quality of life and I do ponder that a lot from my darkest bed hibernate hole. <laughs> I think actually you are a lucky, lucky bastard, Sarah. It could be worse, right? It could be worse and for some it is. So to you... Sending out through this microphone vibes of health and happiness and healing, whoever you are, if you need it, it's coming your way. <laughs> so, in regards to the audio fiction section you just heard, have you ever had that where you've ignored someone at your door because you just don't want to go out? Now, I feel that is a sign that you do need to get help. So, if you catch yourself doing that, please do check yourself and maybe just think about letting someone know how you feel because. <sighs> As crazy as things are right now, there are still people and places primed to help you get over the worst of things and find ways of coping to, to get you to a, a better place. There are. You can't deny it. There are. So do help yourself, please, by by being proactive. And check those quirky links. Julia Wheeler talks of a few more in this session too. So on to me having a chat about all the other things I've tried to make me feel better and uh, and the thought about the different treatments I've tried whilst living with concertinaing eczema situations. Starting off with my... It is important to start your day with a chilled routine of washing, patting dry, putting your creams on and finding your favourite clothes that won't exacerbate your itch. Plus, I explore a theory hmm, as to how scientists... You, you can stop these chasing itch games. So, hey scientists, listen up. And I also talk about how disgusting Chinese medicine was, the teas and the bath stuff I had was stinky pool, but it was amazing as art. Why hasn't anyone done that yet, Chinese medicine art, after, after a bath? It looked beautiful. It was like trees and roots and whole fantasy worlds. It's amazing. So, Sarah, you're digressing again. Here you go. Hope you learn something useful. <laughs> it's like in the morning, the whole regime, the routine you have to go through is important. And if you don't do it, then you're going to suffer through the day, essentially. So, you know, your, your day 
perhaps starts with having had a rough night anyway. I mean, there are so many variables. Again, you know, sometimes I can sleep like a log all the way through the night. And others, like now, I'm really conscious that I'm scratching when I'm in that awake, asleep state. And my lovely husband, who's stopped snoring so badly in the last few years, which is wonderful, (laughs) but he's a light sleeper. So I can hear him getting annoyed with my scratching, like, you know, and that then makes me feel like, oh no, I'm disturbing his sleep and worrying about that. And then I can't sleep because I'm worrying that I'm making a noise that is keeping him from sleeping. And Ah, oh, it's all of those kind of little, little things that are going on. And I can't, you know, have you ever tried to stop a scratch? I mean, anyone says stop scratching. Ugh, I could kill anyone that ever says that to me. No, I couldn't actually, because that would be horrid. But I could, I have tried, I have tried so many different ways. I've tried like squeezing other parts of me to be painful, to stop the itchy feeling in that site where it is itching. I've tried like shuffling and doing a little dance and to sort of making doing happy things. I've tried immersing that part in water and sort of wiggling that around a bit and then moisturizing that bit. But I don't think there's anything that does that. And if scientists, if scientists can come up with that thing that just stops that itch feeling, then I reckon eczema would not disappear, but be a lot better across the board for everyone who suffers because it is that chasing that itch, that little game we play overnight, over eight hours, and you're going, oh, my, my wrist hurts, and you scratch that, and then it's like, oh, my shoulder, do that. And then you're, you're back above your bum, and then your legs, oh, those legs, and then you start to scratch off old scars, and it's gross, it's disgusting. It is horrible, and I hate it, but it's just what happens. Sometimes, I think because of what you put into your body affects things it's not just sort of external irritants that will bring you out in hives or little tiny spots or an irritated redness it comes from also what you put within you and I don't think we know enough about that yet to be able to properly fathom the amount of variables for each individual that putting certain amount of different food types in you and the effect that that has on your body a lot of people talk about leaky gut and your gut being sort of the, the pathway to healthy skin, which again, I don't know enough about myself and I'd love to know more about. And so it's like by changing your diet and what you're putting into your body will potentially also give you those better outward appearances. And things like I started at one point just to to take a you know a teaspoon of cod liver oil for a bit, thinking oil is good, right? If you put an oil in, maybe your skin would be better and oilier on the outside. Similarly, olive oil and stuff like that. I was taking like, let's just have this, pinch your nose and see what happens. And it was disgusting and I don't think did anything and it just made me fatter. But I think with um, <laughs> with desperation, you know, you do try different things. So I know, Charlie, you wanted to ask me about alternative therapies, so I'll talk about that now. I have tried Chinese medicine. It was a thing in the sort of... 90s 2000s it's like something I'd always wanted to try thinking I don't know something spiritual and that they they've been obviously practicing medicine purposefully from the natural products of this gorgeous earth Uh, and so I thought what I would be putting in would be very natural and potentially help me there and it was very expensive and I can't remember now how much it was it was like 20 years ago I, I tried it and I think it's probably other than liver and onions, the most disgusting thing I have ever tasted in my life. Chinese medicine tea. You basically go into there. It was a beautiful experience. I wish 
it was a time when you had photo cameras because just taking pictures of the place itself, I got it from around the back of Leicester Square, right? Don't know if it's still there. Obviously, there's Chinatown, which is there, so it's probably in that area, thinking about it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I used to go in and, uh, and they'd go round then in these lovely drawers and pull out like bits of bark and little tiny seeds and God knows what else, to be honest. And and then I get that in like a series of bags to make up and boil. So you boil it with a certain amount of prescribed water and then you siphon it off and then you drink it. And with every mouthful, I was thinking, this is going to make me feel better. And I wonder if even just thinking that when you're drinking something has some psychological effect we cannot understand. And so, yes, so I did this for a period of time, as well as things that had been ground to a fine powder to put into my bath. Now, the most exciting things about putting those things in my bath are the beautiful artworks left at the bottom of the bath at the end of it. And that, I think, was the most useful effect of those Chinese herbal baths that I had, just the beauty of the aesthetic left behind. So it's beautiful, look like trees and roots. And so Chinese medicine, I, I would recommend everyone at least having a go with something if they think it's going to work. It's your life. You do what you want, right? Don't let anyone else tell you any different. It's your body. You're doing to it what you want to do. But don't let anyone else tell you you must. And I don't think in the longer term it made a difference. I feel like I was worrying in the end, about what actually was going into my body, because I didn't know. It wasn't itemized. You know, you weren't given a list of ingredients and, and where it's from and what it does and how much of it there is and what vitamins and minerals and potential steroid there might be inside whatever this bag of stuff was. And I don't miss having to drink it. <laughs> so, yeah, so Chinese medicine I tried. I tried wet wraps, so Ziploc, I think is it they're called, and uh, essentially wrapped myself because my poor arms, you know, I found it very difficult to manoeuvre sometimes sort of from my upper torso down my back to all across my arms were sort of pockmarked and heavy with scars and soreness. And so I wrapped that overnight and it's sort of got a an initially cooling kind of sensation and then it's got sort of treated with something on the underside that I can't remember. So I do my normal creaming thing and then put those wet wraps on my skin and generally cover it up with a long sleeved something and haha, try and forget about it. <laughs> that ain't happening. But yeah, I, I did try that for a little while and it seemed to, to ease things. I think only because, you know, you'd sweat a bit underneath those bandages. And I think doing a little bit of of sweating is gross. It helps actually healing. I guess maybe it's the natural salt in your sweat or something. Um, so I'd find like after a tennis match, I used to be very active and play sports like tennis. And I, I love the run around. I love to smash a ball hard. Yes. Um, and I do feel that it was actually too much to deal with because my brain was constantly going, that's itching. I need to get to it. And you sort of hook a finger under and round and you, get to it and then you know you've ruined that bit of skin because it's it's wetter and so it's potentially easier to to shred and rip and just get more gross and getting them off when you've got open hurty sores that perhaps have bled a bit again it hurts it's like you know those moments in the 
the night when you've got a really bad flare and you have bled in little tiny bits everywhere. You stick to the sheets, you stick to the pillows. There's blood on the pillows. It's just horrible. I hate the embarrassment of it, to be honest. Like my son comes in and has a bit of daddy time in the evenings. They chill out and watch like the 500,000th Top Gear episode together and I hear them laughing and it's lovely. But I've asked him recently to bring his own pillows in and his own duvet rather than getting into my side of the bed because I just feel embarrassed that there's blood spots on my pillow from my face or my neck or my arms when I've brought them up to tuck under my head or you know and I just it's just constant and horrid and that aesthetic of seeing those blood streaked sheets is so demoralizing you kind of want a maid to come in and make it all better but you are your own made and a bit rubbish at that I'd sack myself I think so those kind of things and sticking to things that I think stop me from using those zip locks more consistently but I think they do help so it's worth a try if that sounds like something useful I think there was more zinc in that little kind of gentle sort of gel stuff that's on the underside of these ziplock bandages that seems to encourage healing I've used like little tiny strips like, I guess, you know, if you cut your chin open and they put steri strips or whatever over them, you can get a roll of that kind of tape and cut a bit off. So if you get one on your hand, and my hands in the past have been horrific, and just to, to put some of that tape over to help and, and aid the healing process to happen rather than it continually splitting. I used to have finger bobs on my fingers a lot just to conserve them from the everyday use of whatever disgusting things get on your hands. And I used to have like coloured ones. It's like red, white and blue sometimes. I remember having that for my friend's hen weekend in Paris and that was quite nice. But yeah, that's to generally just protect those those bigger horrid cuts from splitting all the time and just protecting them from dirt. And because plasters sometimes work, but obviously, if you're moisturising a lot, they don't really stay on, do they? Why haven't they made plasters that are longer, like longer than the longest ones you can get? I know you can get long ones, but I need them longer. It's like my Hoover. I need the cable to be longer, but that's not important. So so I think putting anything around and tightening helps. I, I've taken to very recently just wearing tubi grips to stop the raised bits the the cut bits you know you've got the raggedy edges around your injuries sometimes from just brushing on my clothes because that will stop potentially me then scratching it so just putting a cutting a little layer of tubi grip that you'd normally put you know for a sore ankle or what have you sore wrist i put it on my arms and the the bits that are exacerbated at that moment layered with cream <laughs> seems to help but again it's the pulling off of those if you have that wet injury that is going to get stuck in and it's so hurty and then you pull the top of oh it's just gross and yeah coming to steroids oh the dreaded steroids i think you know i'm getting slightly more hairy face because <laughs> i am a man um i think steroids intrinsically are amazing and they have helped me through and come out the other side of really bad flare-ups i just wish there was a better way I just wish that I knew what was actually going into my body. I have no idea. I have never in depth researched that. Maybe that's stupid. Maybe I'm cutting off years of my life from my steroid use. I have asthma as well and there's an element of the steroid that I take to help me breathe, <laughs> which, you know, is quite important really. And that's the thing with eczema, isn't it? It's like it's not really a life-threatening condition as is. You know, if we think about all the other women in this podcast, Kirsten with endometriosis, those bleeds can become 
life-threatening. The operations you take because of them are a risk. Obviously with epilepsy, with lovely Lucy, could lead to all sorts of long-term and uh, crazy issues. Postnatal depression, I think, has links with how I feel with my mental health with regards to my eczema. And I think with Diane's situation and the PTSD and the anxiety, it's a sidestep and a far, far away step from her triggers, obviously. But, you know, you just need to get on with it, don't you? It's like, snap out of it, get on with it, put some cream on, go. It's not, you know, deal with it. <laughs> but sometimes that's hard. And I think that's what people need to recognise that you know, if you know someone with eczema, they're going to have really good days where you think there's nothing wrong with them, <laughs> to put it that way. But they're going to have horrific days and weeks where maybe they haven't slept at all properly for a good long while, that none of their clothes seem to be unitchy, <laughs> where the stress of their life is maybe adding to these moments where they feel like scratching is perhaps related to the amount of stress they're suffering. They've eaten something that doesn't agree with them, flare up. Perhaps that happens before a cool event, right? There's the amount of parties and places I have not been to because of my skin, because I'm so embarrassed by it, or because it hurts and I can't move. And I want to say that, you know, Charlie's thoughts in her bed about not wanting to go anywhere just to hide just to hibernate are real they really happen now and then uh, I'm lucky enough I have had the most amazing supportive family in my younger years and my husband now and my kids actually fathom when I'm having a bad time of it and I just say to them I can't I have to get in the bath is my thing <laughs> it's like my, my son I was like going to see him to bed and not don't do so much now because he's a little bit older but you know you spend that time before bed having a little chat about things and and in my brain it's like thinking I hurt this is I'm seizing up my I'm getting spasms down my back I need to get in the bath the bath is the only solace it's like you know almost being um some kind of dependent on on a drug or an alcohol <laughs> it is that thing of you need to get to this place to make you feel better and so I wanted to sort of do that thing with the bath to show that, yeah, that sometimes really is my solace and my headspace place and my my place I feel I am healing, you know, that with a glass of wine. It's bliss. So you say you've tried steroids, you've tried dietary changes, you've tried wet wraps. You mentioned light therapy and can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So that was sort of the next port of call, really. I'd sort of exhausted most other potential avenues. And as Julia talks of, there's like a three-step thing with regards to treatment of eczema. And this was sort of step two and a half, I think. So, yeah, I, I thought I would go in for light therapy. So it happened over a period of a couple of weeks and I would go in every day. It was January and therefore snowy and I kind of enjoyed it though because I got to listen to the radio and listen to Radio 4's comedy which was really good at the time and I got to have those disciplined moments of I have to go to this it's like it's for me and I need to help me and so whatever was happening at the time I had to sacrifice other events and other things to make sure I was going for my daily treatment I ended up looking like I had been on some kind of ski holiday and not used sunscreen. 
there's a time I was teaching at the lovely St. Clement Dane School. Love it there. And if you could see the, the looks people would give you, like, sure, right. Or, or people would say, oh, have you been skiing over half time? It's like, that. no. But no, I essentially would rock up. They have a little chat. They fathom how you're doing that week, how you're feeling, what your skin hurts in like levels of one to 10, that kind of thing. They check out what you're doing with your moisturizing treatment and how you're dealing with your skin daily. And then you get naked as the day you were born. And essentially, go and stand in this. It's sort of like to describe it, it's like got lots of sort of fluorescent vertical, like those the fluorescent lights. <laughs> you know, they're sort of poles of glass. And I'll put a picture actually on the show notes, maybe. And essentially, you get in, and initially, I was not covering my face, which was actually stupid. So I would 100% recommend that if you do this, you cover your face from day one a little during the required minute of treatment. So essentially, I think the increments of time you spend in there are meant to build up over a period of a couple of weeks. So you start off with just 20 seconds, something is <laughs> not very long. And then next day you go up to 25, 30 and so on. So that you build up to a good few couple of minutes in there. I think I build up to four minutes, I think in the end. And that is the equivalent. I think one minute's the equivalent of being for three hours on a sunny beach kind of thing. Yeah. So it's quite a lot of exposure you're getting there. And you can talk to someone else about the ins and outs of the technicalities. But essentially, I did the whole body treatment and I felt my whole body itself, other than my face, did benefit. I felt my face the next few days after initially starting just began to be red and taut, like not shiny as such, but just really red. <laughs> like if you were to think of a letterbox, it's, it's red. It was, I was red. So I worried about this because that I felt was overexposure to that part of my body. And so then when I mentioned my concerns, I wore like a full mask screen for most of it and then took that mask off for like the last 30 seconds or something of each time so that I wasn't getting the same exposure to my face as I was to the rest of my body. And I honestly feel that maybe, this is my intuition, it's not scientifically proven, that that experience has buggered up my face. <laughs> for want of a better phrase, please don't bugger up your faces. Essentially, it might not be maybe just a thing that has happened to me at the grand old age I am, but I didn't have issues like this before. So yeah, I get bright red face now every six weeks I've mentioned already. And I think the fact that you feel that something is trying to help helps, but there are too many variables to deal with it. I think, you know, your skin changes from January to December. You have perhaps a better time of it in spring or summer than you might do in the autumn or winter or the other way around. It's, we're all different. Yes, we are all different. And so I think different treatments have, depending on when you're, you're doing them, have different repercussions. So I went back to my dermatologist and said, yeah, that didn't seem to have any longer term effects. In fact, I think it's, it's kind of worse everywhere now. <laughs> uh, but again, don't know the variables as to why. And so the next port of call they mentioned, and they gave me copious amounts of leaflets and information and fact sheets on, were using methotrexate, uh, cyclosporin, and a few other potential drugs, which they use to treat cancer. And my brain just went, no, thanks. 
I don't know. I just feel like why would I do that to myself when I can try and just cope with the day to day and try and cope with the flares and when they happen, just dampen it down and then it will kind of go back to copable with again, you know, and I maybe that's wrong, maybe that's defeatist, but I just I don't want to be taking drugs they give for immunosuppressants of, of cancer. But saying that I've said that on one of the lovely forums. So there's the Exmo UK forum, there's the It San forum, and the non moisturising treatment NMT sites on Facebook. And there's a plethora of other ones, and I'll put some links on my show notes. But yeah, I just thought I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And there's a message on there from the lovely Lorna Brown says, and I'm quoting her and she said, it's cool, I'm allowed to, thanks Lorna, that essentially I said, I would like to try acupuncture in more holistic ways, but also have a fear of the only next step being discussed as being cyclosporin and methotrexate, which seems bonkers is what I wrote. Lorna Brown says, Sarah Golding, I get that, but if yours is an autoimmune condition, they could help. Methotrexate has been a game changer for me. And that's what I thought, oh, okay. So, you know, if you want to try and make it work, it does. She goes on to say, the difference is I can function. I'm not in constant pain. And the most important thing is my mental health is so, so much better than it was just a few months ago. Um, regards to research, I didn't really do any. I was desperate for help. Any help that would stop the pain and let me love normally. This does that. I know it sounds really silly, but I trust my doctor and what he recommends. And that's brilliant. And Lorna, I'm bloody glad. I really hugely am from the inside and out that that is working for you. I just feel like, I just think for me, I can't. It's a block and I just don't want to push it over at the minute. There's also some wonderful thoughts from Paul Taylor in the same forum, XME UK. Go and hunt this out. I basically mentioned I was doing this podcast and had a little chat. Basically, the question was, what do you want to hear from in a podcast about eczema and people who have it, essentially? And he wrote, mental health here, lying awake at 3am itching everywhere, only being able to sleep through exhaustion. Your condition essentially puts you through an experience which has been used and banned as an interrogation technique. People telling you to stop scratching like it's a choice. <sighs> Thinking you might have to quit your job as a healthcare professional having to call in sick and people thinking it's odd because it's just eczema rather than realising a flare-up is essentially an acute failure of the largest organ in the human body. Slowly thinking it might all be in your mind and trying behavioural strategies which make you look a bit crazy but help a tiny bit. Then you see a dermatologist and get prescribed a new jug like Protopic and it clears up within a week and you suddenly realise what life is meant to be like and the ability to get a night's sleep is utterly <laughs> Glorious! I feel that. And then, when temporary restrictions in access to your miracle drug occur, you go home and cry because your life is basically dependent on access to those little tubes. I think the access there is denied because of cost, because of usage and safe usage and more. I don't know Paul's reasons why his was potentially obstructed and obviously right now potentially there is an issue with supply and demand but yeah I mean those those little tubes of cream can have so much difference I use Protopic I was actually on a trial for Protopic I was one of the people who were involved in that and that's perhaps another two episodes in itself about being involved in in those trials and placebos and so on and essentially I do wonder what would happen if I just didn't do anything to my skin and I just left it 
And that's what the NMT, the non-moisturizing treatment is. But but it also added onto that, you limit your intake of water, which I'm not entirely happy with because that could, you know, damage my kidneys. And you basically don't put anything or wash properly, properly wash like, you know, have your soaky bath. I think the theory is that by drying things out, things then fall off and the replenished skin underneath can, can shine through. But um, I don't know enough about that to talk in, you know, factual ways. So take what I've just said with a pinch of salt and go and research yourself. Um, but yeah, I just feel there are so many ways to make yourself better. And I think mindfulness is the key one right now for me. I'm trying to meditate more. I'd like to think I'm quite a giving person and maybe sometimes I need to stop and think about giving to myself. <laughs> uh, i said that out loud, so I'll have to do it now. Because everything you say out loud, you have to do, right? That's why I'm a voice actor. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, I think having that time, like with the other characters in this, to reflect and be and and settle into you and appreciate being you helps immensely. We don't do that enough as humans, I don't think. I think life is too bustly and crazy, especially right now with everything else going on. Yeah, to, to give you that chance to, to chill. Now, other things I want to try, as I mentioned, uh, acupuncture, something that uh, when Freya Kirsten talked about it, I thought, yeah, actually, something I'd like to try, but not right now because of situation. Apple cider vinegar I've started to take internally. Mm, see how that works. So that's just a new thing that started. I think vitamins as well, important to keep a balance of. And honey, I've started to orally ingest. Gives me a bit of tummy ache though, so maybe I'm actually allergic to honey. In the vain hope that that's going to help my other sort of allergies, my hay fever and so on. People do suggest as well putting apple cider vinegar in a wet wrap. So are you ready? This is like a little recipe from somewhere. <laughs> Can't even remember I got it. I've had it for a while. Apple cider vinegar in a wet wrap. Mix one cup of warm water and one tablespoon of the vinegar. Apply the solution to cotton or gauze. Cover the dressing in a clean cotton fabric. Leave it on the area for three hours. To try apple cider vinegar bath... Add two cups of apple cider vinegar to a warm bath. Soak for 15 to 20 minutes. Rinse the body thoroughly. Moisturise within several minutes of leaving the bath. There you go. So that apparently is, you know, just meant to clean you out in a... It's like washing your kitchen floors kind of way. <laughs> it's to give you, you know, that extra acidic help to getting rid of any germs and horrible things that might be lurking as you're scratching and cause infection because infection isn't fun. Oh. essentially, I think the only way to treat infected ex eczema over a bigger part of your body is to get antibiotics from your doctor. But if you don't believe in antibiotics, I don't know where that leaves you. So good luck if, uh, if you're dealing with that. I think there's talk of things like melatonin, taking a supplement of that to help children and adults sleep better. I've tried when my hand eczema was bad, you know, just having the cotton glove after having used steroid and very good moisturising cream and just left that overnight. But I can't tell you how long those gloves stayed on before I like took them off to scratch somewhere. <laughs> I tried so hard. But yeah, that's another thing is wearing your, your gloves. And things like, you know, just every day to day, like the amount of times you wash things, especially now, is quite crazy, isn't it? So things like not having the washing up water too hot if you're going to wear those rubber gloves making sure you kind of give your hand a chance to breathe and it doesn't get all sweaty in there. It's gross, isn't it? But it's a requirement. Otherwise, that starts just scratching. And then before you know it, you've got no nice skin left on your hand. 
And my eczema is a topic, and there are so many other different types. I think mine is specifically ichthyosis, which is kind of like, you know, I got like almost it's like my my hands, there's a good bit of sort of skin between the fingers. So I got, you know, can swim better. But yeah, I I have had very liney hands and almost they look like elephant skin for a while when everything was very bad. It's almost like there's sort of platelets on your hand uh, are very visible. I forgot actually as a child, I think the worst thing that was ever said was I was called Weetabix legs, which was actually quite accurate <laughs> because my legs sort of looked like those platelets of, of Weetabix. <laughs> it was a bit hurtful, but I'll go over it. Just a word, and actually it was bizarrely funny at the time. But it's the swelling of things and the uncomfortable feeling, like right now I'm here and my, I feel my shoulders hot and I, my elbows are itching. It's quite warm, I'm under this duvet talking to you, so I need to flap the duvet now and then, <laughs> get some fresh air in here. But it's like things like keeping things clean, isn't it? Um, making sure the dust isn't allowed to settle so much in the house where possible. Also will help my asthma. Yeah, there you go. Kind of has ended up as a, a monologue, hasn't it? Rather than, than being asked questions. But, you know, time pressure and needs must. So on to the second chat to the amazing Julia Wheeler. We talk all things looking after yourself and being proactive about bettering your routines and and just doing things so that you can actually enjoy your day. You're now. I would love to welcome back today the wonderful Julia Wheeler. Hello, Julia. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks, Sarah. Ah, nice, good nice job. Nice to be with you again. Well, I, I'm very excited to speak to you today because it's the all-important thing of how on earth can folks who have this condition help themselves? Things along the lines of if they are in a particularly bad place with their skin, what can they do to potentially help themselves get out of that particular flare or situation? And and just organising themselves and thinking, you know, about hygiene and, and making room for the eczema treatment and care they need in their lives. So what would you suggest people do if they need to start to help themselves? Well, it's tricky, isn't it? I think mm. when your skin begins to flare, you can really begin to get quite low. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, for many people, demotivation and, you know, then poor adherence to treatment mm. and this spiral of not caring for yourself in the in the important ways that you need to, to, to keep things at bay and to manage mm. your skin in the best way. So I think it's really easy for me to say to you, everybody, you know, it's all about looking after yourself. But when you have so much time spent on managing your skin, yeah. it's hard to cut out time to make yourself feel okay and, and better and enjoy life, you know. Yeah in the way that helps you to feel good and, and everything. So it's a struggle. It is a struggle. And I think people underestimate how much of an impact eczema is and how it's demoralising it is mm -hmm. having to continually, day in, day out, carry out all of these treatments yeah. that are very time-consuming, very messy yeah. and, you know, hard work, frankly. Yeah. So I think self-help is the first thing is it's about persevering. It's mm -hmm. all about perseverance. You've really got to be very motivated 
And you've got to establish a good routine where you look after yourself, doing the things that are right for your skin. So it's about good avoidance of too much washing. That would be my Mm. first thing. Self-help treatment for eczema is all about complete emollient therapy. So overwashing, not using too many bubbles, no bubbles really, ideally, Mm. and using lots of emollients when you wash and getting into a really good routine establish a good system for yourself where you leave enough time to get ready in the morning and in the evening try to take time out in the evening when your skin is bad lather yourself up with your emollients and put your oldest clothes on and just lie back and let it all soak in you know it's it it can be a bit of a, a nuisance but try to Make that a you know a real focus at least three or four times a week if you can. Not if you, if you can't be every day, obviously, but just try to get yourself into a good routine. That would be my very first mm, um, important piece of advice to people. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sleep. Sleep is often. I remember you know, that <laughs> sleep sleep disturbance, oh, yeah. and of course that makes you feel quite miserable as well. So. Yeah. Getting a good night's sleep is really important. And Mm. obviously, when you're feeling very, very itchy and sore, and sometimes, you know, you're sticking to the bed sheets because you're bleeding, it's hard to get a good night's sleep. And and I think when you're in a bad way, antihistamines can help sedate Mm. and be supportive of, you know, promoting a better night's sleep. They're not going to help your eczema at all, but they will help you perhaps not scratch yourself through the night. Yeah, be a bit drowsier. Mm. yeah it might be helpful for some people obviously it's not the right way forward for everybody but it might be worth considering yeah yeah I don't condone getting yourself so exhausted so you stay up till 2 a.m every day that doesn't work right now (laughs) I'm I'm fathoming this (laughs) (laughs) trying to just be so exhausted that you know you're going to have to have a deep sleep by the time you jump into bed is not a good thing to do so so yeah it is about making sure you do have that time and and I think for me as well you know uh, my husband uh, I just worry uh, obviously about his quality of sleep because I will potentially be half you know away with the fairies and scratching and not knowing I'm doing it sometimes and and obviously that's disruptive to not just my sleep but his too and I think that's important for relationships as well isn't it to make sure that you're not just you but your, your whole whole family exactly eczema uh, does mm. yeah it absolutely affects everybody in the household mm. I think mm. parents are often really really struggle when there's a you know they're, they're trying to support a child with eczema it can right yeah impacts on everybody and yeah that's often overlooked I think yeah you know providing the support for siblings and parents is, yes. is really important as well for yeah. sure and I and it's drinking plenty of water in as well make sure you're not dehydrating on the Absolutely. inside <laughs> and that's uh, right yeah, yeah all that goes with that yeah. mm-hmm. and what I think is key as well for me is just the whole you know what to wear things and perhaps trying to get myself that bit more organized with setting things out that I know are comfortable rather than that last minute panic iron and you end up throwing something on that you know like the waistband is going to cause you to flare there or you know you you need to get rid of those knickers because the ones you bought are just obviously the wrong type of lining or stitching causing you a problem you know so it's about finding all the right things that do work and cause less issue and make things as smooth as possible yeah a lot of materials are quite irritating aren't they oh for um, sure it's a nightmare (laughs) 
<laughs> I had a patient who um, had to wear a nylon shirt as part of her work uniform, oh. and she mm. did really struggle with this, and, yeah. it's, and it's quite a challenge to, yeah. to get support from your colleagues and your, your boss, you know, um, yeah. when you're having to present yourself in a certain way for work, and it's really not helpful for your skin. This is it, yeah, having those discussions. Sometimes, mm. Yeah, sometimes just having cotton against your skin is helpful. Mm. I think, like you were saying, and there are lots of expensive products that you can buy mm. some advocate silk uh, silk is very expensive i don't know yeah. that there's a huge amount of research really to support its use mm. we used to be able to prescribe silk garments and, and clothing but that's not wow. uh, yeah it's not something that <laughs> is going anymore. to be happening mm. anymore now yeah. so yeah you know understanding that there are places where you can buy eczema yes. you know more suitable eczema clothing really yeah my yeah. husband was asking me about this because i've only really ever found things like on the eczema charity website and the eczema society pointing to you know there's no seams in the clothing and and they can get ones with covered mitts can't you say that you can't get those nails out to scratch which uh potentially works and so yeah there are maybe i'll have a little look grant and and with regards to sort of any websites if someone is there anything else you could point folks to well the way eczema affects you psychologically is is often overlooked and I think that one particular website which is quite helpful for people who are struggling in a wider sense rather than just purely with their skin is a website called Skin Support Mm -hmm. and this offers different sort of approaches to managing the way you feel so they have a little um, sort of mindfulness meditations and um, you know it's just another forum really to sort of find out how other people are feeling and yeah it's a really good website it's recommended by the British Association of Dermatologists mm-hmm. um, it's advocated by them so Superb. Um, you know that everything is validated by them yes oh I'll definitely I haven't heard of that so I'll take a delve myself in there that <laughs> sounds sounds fantastic what I would yeah. say though is there is a stepped approach to the management of eczema and we start mm. off with topical treatments and then mm-hmm. we move on to, you know, light treatment, phototherapy, and then yep. the systemic treatments, which are the tablets. And yep. then more recently, we have a new sort of uh, group of medicines, which are appearing to work wonderfully for people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, without the side effect profile that the tablets seem to have, you know, oh. or we, we understand do have. So the thing is, if you're severe, you know, you're severely affected by eczema, mm-hmm. you have to jump through the hoops of all of those treatments, you have to try each one of them, give it a reasonable trial period. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's not working for you, then you can move up to the next level. So sometimes, unfortunately, it is something that is a necessary thing to give it a go because methotrexate is generally for most people quite a, a safe medication and you're only taking it for a period of time and you are having your bloods monitored throughout the duration of that time so right. we don't take it lightly when we put people on it we are very careful yeah. to ensure that you know the side effects are being closely monitored and so mm. You know, I I try to reassure people who have been struggling and whose lives have been completely impacted in so many ways, you know, it can be a a new lease of life for them and it can, you know, enable them to sort of move forward in their lives. So it is hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, this is it. We want that Mecca, don't we? That Mecca of everything being amazing and it just feels mm-hmm. so different, don't you, when your skin is behaving itself. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on as well sort of dietary information because often, I mean, I, I've tried uh, wheat-free and dairy-free and all sorts of <laughs> different something-free diets over the years and seen nutritionists. And is there anywhere particularly to do with that that has a, a good, decent source of information for exmatics Because I know there's some cookbooks, isn't there? And I'll put some links to some of those that other people have recommended for exmatic diets. But uh, but yeah, is there anything dietary-wise that you'd find useful? I don't really know. I mean, some okay. people do say that they uh, feel that certain foods trigger. I mean, yeah. and um, there is an association with children. Sometimes there are allergens which do affect their skin, maybe milk, eggs, those kind of things. Mm. Um, in the early years but usually they are things which the child will grow out of hopefully there are associations with food and allergy and the skin so it's Mm. not impossible and obviously it is something that's worth exploring for people and you know I think there are some sort of apps that you can use again which are related to sort of monitoring the food you're eating and trying to sort of associate whether or not there's a connection some you know, flair. Yeah, mm. just keeping mm. a log on, on what it is really, you know, and having reasonable trials. But I think it, it has to be three months. But we yeah. always do try to encourage people not to give up a particular, especially children. I mean, it's really mm. important that they, if they are eliminating things from their diet, that they do that under the observation of, yes. um, of medical a, professionals. Um, yeah. yeah, because mm. it's too much potential nutritional value to be missed out from the diet so gosh absolutely obviously hugely important to make sure that all of that does go through yes some kind of monitored system as well Yeah. yeah superb well i think we'll leave it there for the moment i think you've covered so many wonderful things so well well thank you so much that's been wonderful again to just provide those thoughts and places to just have a little browse if you feel like you are struggling and uh, and need somewhere else to get help from so thank you very much julia it's been wonderful to speak to you today i hope you have the best of weeks thank you so much you too <laughs> thank you i try <laughs> I do, I do, I try, I do. And of course, some would say I am very trying. Ah, Well, huzzahs, here we are at the tail end of the wondrous episode 14. Mighty thanks to Julia Wheeler for her thoughts and advice on where and how to get help for yourself. And of course, there is so much more to explore with regards to eczema and... uh, Well, I have spoken to some people about future episodes, but do you want them? I mean, would they be useful? Let me know. Dietitians, alternative therapists, my own experience of being on cream trials and more different creams to try, different people using different things. I mean, just ping me your thoughts or questions or top tips from your own experience of living with this bastard of a condition. I would truly so love to share some of those in the last episode or so. So, thank yous also of a hearty fashion to my husband, poor soul, Paul Golding, who appeared as the sexy builder in this episode. (laughs) Sorry, I did write that. And who supports me consistently with pretty much everything I do. I'm very lucky uh, to have him in my world. Uh, Although he did find it embarrassing talking into a mic in our garden, bless him. And there was even more blue sky over my village. (laughs) so thank you also to my cast diane alexander and kirsten stansfield who didn't appear today but are still amazing and to laura parker as gabby and lucy shirley as rachel 
And just to say, this episode does take place well before Gabby's pregnant. Um, she's a spring-like gazelle jumping on a ladder in this one and the next episode. So see what happens next week. Does she make it up the ladder? Who knows? Um, thanks to Matt Hutt and Zach Lemon for this music of Groovy Cool. It makes me want to blow a saxophone. <laughs> No metaphor intended. And to Fiona Thrale, my executive producer, who I am sure is glad that this is the penultimate episode. Can you hear her going, yeah, of this crazy ambitious podcast of audio joy? Uh, You can find her work under the Dashing Onions production company umbrella. Links on my website show notes, which you should all totally check out for some groovy stories. And more shows to check out in audio fiction realms include The Tower. It's an oral pleasure dome to your ears by the David Devereaux of the brilliant Tin Can. And there's also We Fix Space Junk and Hostile World and Escape and Oz9 and Girl in Space. All exciting things to uh, distract you from the crazy of right now. It's audio fun for transporting your minds to other crazy places to escape this one for a while so jump in on those and more and do check out the groovy links to all of the helpful places mentioned read these medical conditions we're exploring and if you too want to become a voice actor like what i do then um check out my other podcast called mediva modern audio drama indie voice acting just for fun it'll help you kick off your indie voice acting career and to be honest it's the best job in the world uh so have a wonderful week Wear sunscreen, get those masks on, and stay safe, peoples. Please do, and go get that help. If you need it, it's there. Bye for now!